Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. Parent Talk is a conversation that supports and encourages moms and dads. Our show is a great way to connect and bounce ideas off of other parents going through similar experiences, helping us be the best parents we can be. If you have a question and you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. I'm Genevieve Kyle. I'm the founder and your host of Parent Talk. I am a 41-year-old new mom of a one-year-old little boy named Alexandre, and I am a registered dental hygienist. Today, we are talking about hormone imbalances in women and testing natural treatments. Let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hi, everyone. My name is Heather Fox, and I am your co-host of Parent Talk. I am 40 years old and a new mom to baby Hudson, who is now one years old. I am a stay-home mom. However, my background is in early childhood education, and I'm a former owner of Jimbery Play and Music. Hi, everyone. My name is Dr. Kathleen Mahana. I am a naturopathic physician. I practice at a clinic called Restoration Health Clinic in Lynn Valley, which is in North Vancouver. And I have a clinical focus in women's health, hormone balancing, and digestive health. So as a naturopathic doctor, I focus on nutrition, nutrients, acupuncture, herbal medicine, primarily to treat my patients. Great. Well, thank you, ladies, for being here today. So Kathleen... How do you know if you have an hormone imbalances? So the term hormone imbalance is a very broad and general term that can describe a wide variety of symptoms. So first of all, um, there are points in our life where we have natural hormone transition and hormone imbalances. So for example, puberty. In puberty, of course, we have fluxes in our hormones. We have acne outbreaks, moody teenagers, that whole stage of life. Uh, another example would be later in life for women, the menopausal transition. So that's when, again, our hormones are fluxing and changing. Often women experience night sweats or, again, mood changes, anxiety, low mood, other physical symptoms. So that would be another example of a, another natural point in our lives where we have hormone imbalances. So in between those points in time, there are other types of hormone imbalances that we can experience as women. So one example would be PMS or premenstrual syndrome. So women experiencing moodiness or bothersome physical symptoms like bloating or water retention or cramping or anything that happens during that PMS time. That would be one example of a hormone imbalance. Another example would be um, hypothyroidism. So uh, a thyroid that isn't functioning. That's optimally. me. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you likely know some of those symptoms. For some people, it's weight gain or difficulty losing weight or constipation or dry skin or hair loss. And of course, fatigue and low energy. So uh, our thyroid hormone is another uh, hormone that become that can become out of balance. Um, there are many other examples. So periods that are unusual or bothersome for women. So that could be very heavy periods. It could be periods that disappear altogether. 
Um, other examples would be uh, women or couples who are struggling to get pregnant. So infertility, sometimes it can be hormones that are out of balance, uh, among many other causes. Uh, for other people, hormone imbalances can appear in the skin. So women who have, you know, acne outbreaks, even though they're 30, 40 years old, that could be a symptom of a hormone imbalance. So, um, and that lastly, the other important one to mention is, of course, that fatigue that many of us feel at this stage in our life. So if our cortisol or our stress hormone is out of balance, that can lead us to have uh, feelings of exhaustion or fatigue fatigue or difficulty falling asleep or poor quality sleep or, you know, having to drag ourselves out of bed. So that could be a symptom of, again, a cortisol or a hormone imbalance. Which hormones can be out of balance? So we have many hormones in our body, of course. And uh, as women, the first thing we think of with hormone imbalances is our female hormones, estrogen and progesterone. So certainly um, we can have too much or too little of either of those hormones. And typically what I see in women often when it comes to hormone balances is a little too much estrogen and not enough progesterone although there can be a wide variety of patterns that can occur. Uh, as I mentioned, we can have imbalances in our thyroid hormone. Uh, we can have imbalances in cortisol, which is our stress hormone. Um, of course, testosterone, that's another important hormone for us as women as well as men. And sometimes when we have low testosterone, that can lead to symptoms of low libido or uh, low muscle mass or difficulty maintaining or gaining muscle. Um, or just a feeling of um, poor vitality or poor energy. So there's a wide variety of hormones that can become out of balance, and uh, it becomes useful at that point to test to see which exact hormones are out of balance for a patient or for a woman. How do you test for hormone imbalances? So depending on the symptoms you're experiencing, there's a few different ways we could go about testing. So first of all, there are, there are blood tests that can be done. Um, blood tests are very useful for testing the thyroid. And in certain cases, they can be useful for testing the female hormones, estrogen and progesterone, as well as testosterone. Although there are some limitations to blood testing. Uh, blood testing, of course, you go in uh, to the lab on one particular day, you get your blood drawn. So we can see what your hormones are doing at that exact moment in time. But of course, as women, our hormones are fluxing and changing, not only on a monthly basis, but also on a daily basis. So what I find is with blood tests, sometimes it's, it is useful for catching overt pathologies, if there's a disease process going on or something very abnormal, but it's not as useful for catching the little abnormalities that are leading to those niggling, bothersome symptoms that don't seem to go away. So if on your blood tests, everything appears normal, but you're still feeling tired, fatigued, uh, you know, bothersome hormone symptoms, that's when I find that turning to functional testing becomes very useful. So functional testing 
uh, can use things like saliva samples or urine samples to examine what's happening inside your body. So for example, sometimes I'll do a saliva panel with a woman and we'll test uh, a little sample of her saliva once every few days over the course of a month. We send that off to the lab and they analyze how your estrogen and progesterone and sometimes other hormones are changing throughout the course of the month. So we can actually see your monthly pattern and look for any uh, abnormalities or irregularities in that way. Uh, another example would be if we did a 24 hour urine collection. So sometimes I'll have women, uh, collect their urine for 24 hours on a very particular day of their cycle. And we send off a sample to the lab and we analyze for progesterone, estrogen, testosterone, cortisol, uh, thyroid hormone metabolites, as well as about 30 other hormone metabolites to see not only how much they're producing, but also how their body's breaking down and metabolizing those hormones. So that becomes very useful to understand uh, what exactly is going on in the body and how we can intervene and uh, treat what's going on. One last example that I'll highlight is uh, cortisol testing. So again, cortisol is our stress hormone, and this is a hormone that should be naturally highest first thing in the morning, and it should decline throughout the day, such that at night it's nice and low, and we can fall asleep easily. So sometimes for people who are feeling burnt out or really fatigued, we'll do what's called a four-point salivary cortisol test. So this is a saliva sample. We take a, do a test of the saliva in the morning, early afternoon, late afternoon and evening, and we analyze that cortisol curve or how high your cortisol is at different points during the day. So this gives us insight into what's going with your cortisol levels and whether they're too high or too low at the wrong points during the day. So functional testing gives us a more in-depth understanding of what's going on with your hormones. How women can get hormone testing or naturopathic doctor visit covered by extended insurance? Is testing covered? Yeah, good question. So you can certainly speak to your family doctor or your naturopathic doctor about the blood testing options that are available to you. And, um, you know, a naturopathic doctor will be good to explain the pros and cons and what other options that you have. So if you get blood testing done through your GP, of course, that's covered through MSP. Uh, naturopathic doctors can order blood testing. They can send you to Life Labs and get your blood tested. Unfortunately, at this point in time, it's not covered by MSP. However, many extended medical benefits are helping to cover testing these days. Um, if you're interested or you want to know more about functional hormone testing, uh, a naturopathic physician would be a good person to talk to. And... Um, Again, many extended medical benefits will cover naturopathic visits, uh, and many will also cover naturopathic testing or the functional hormone testing. So I always encourage my patients to speak to their extended medical carriers to see whether or not they will help cover uh, the functional testing. How would you go about treating hormone imbalances as a naturopathic doctor? So this is the fun part. So what I love about doing testing or the functional testing is we get insight into exactly where the imbalance is, and then we can better target treatment towards what's going on. So depending on the hormone imbalance that is present for each patient, I would tailor a very specific treatment plan for them using nutrients, diet, herbs, to name a few things. 
So how I would approach this is I would start by looking at what's going on in a person's diet. So of course, the nutrients that we absorb from our food get transformed into all of our body cells, including our hormones. So if a person isn't eating enough of the right things to produce hormones, then of course, that is one very important place for us to start. So I will always do a a dietary analysis, look into what it is they're eating, what they could be eating more of, what perhaps they could be eating less of. And I would provide information about what foods they should focus on. So for example, let's say someone had a thyroid hormone problem. Mm -hmm. I would want to make sure that they're eating all the nutrients that are important for thyroid hormone health. So selenium, Yeah, okay, I want to know. Yeah, (laughs) perfect. So for example, uh, selenium is a very important mineral for us. So sometimes my prescription for patients who have thyroid problems is to eat two Brazil nuts a day because that encompasses our daily intake of selenium. Another example would be zinc. So zinc is a very important mineral for the thyroid as well. So uh, having pumpkin seeds, uh, nuts, uh, whole grains, oysters, seafood to get those zinc sources in the body. Iodine is another important mineral. So seaweeds are a nice way to get that in or using iodized salt. Is all the salt is iodized? Not all of it is. So the table salt that you buy, which comes in a box, often is iodized. But if you buy Himalayan sea salt, which is really lovely, that is not iodized. Oh, it's good to know. Mm-hmm. So especially if you have thyroid problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another thing that is important to mention is uh, the use of or integrating more healthy fats into the diet. So cholesterol forms the backbone of all of our sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. So incorporating healthy fats in the diet like coconut oil or avocados or walnuts or other nuts and seeds, sometimes that's part of my prescription for hormone health. So, of course, um, another thing that I would examine in a woman with hormone imbalances is her digestive health. So for some women, they're eating all the right things for hormone health, but if they have impaired digestion, so for example, if they have uh, inflammatory bowel disease like Crohn's or colitis or other conditions that would impair their ability to absorb nutrients from their food... That would be something that I would want to address because they could eat all the right things, but they may not be absorbing it properly. So focusing on digestive function and making sure they're actually breaking down and absorbing their nutrients is very important for hormone health. I would also look in at their lifestyle. So are they super stressed out with, you know, managing a career, several kids at home, running triathlons, uh, is that having an impact on their hormone health? Certainly when we have high cortisol or a lot of stress that can have an impact on our female hormones. So often I will recommend and have a discussion about how to decrease stress in the lifestyle. So whether that's incorporating, uh, calming activities like yin yoga or getting outside into nature, which has been shown to be beneficial for our blood pressure and cortisol levels, or, you know, cutting back on some of the high intensity exercise that we might be doing, or, you know, looking for other ways to help mitigate uh, the stress in the life. That's also an important factor. Can we, can you prescribe us to not work? Never again. (laughs) (laughs) You can certainly speak to your doctor about that. (laughs) This is my stress point right now. (laughs) 
Totally. Absolutely. Um, so once we look at the diet and the lifestyle, then I would also look at incorporating certain herbs that might be useful for each woman and the hormone imbalances that they're dealing with. And there's many, many wonderful herbs that we could talk about to address different hormone imbalances. And in another podcast, we'll be talking about PMS and certain herbs that are helpful for that. So, um, I'll give you a few examples. And of course, every woman who is interested, I I recommend that they speak to a naturopathic doctor and understand what herb might be best for them. But for example, um, one of my favorite herbs for women experiencing PMS or period problems is called chase tree, or in Latin, it's called vitex agnus castus. Um, for perimenopausal women who are struggling with hot flashes or, difficulties falling asleep, I would turn to herbs like black cohosh, ashwagandha, maca, and especially if they have um, night sweats or anxiety or difficulty sleeping, valerian is a really lovely herb for that. For women who are experiencing a lot of stress, I would look at a family of herbs called adaptogens. So again, ashwagandha is one of my favorite adaptogens for stress women. Uh, licorice is another lovely herb. Are you talking to licorice, like Twizzler or Black? You know? <laughs> I'm joking. Unfortunately not. <laughs> I prescribe you eat Twizzlers. <laughs> I'm like, I eat Twizzlers. <laughs> not that kind of licorice, unfortunately. <laughs> does it taste good though? It does. It actually has a sweet flavor to it. And it doesn't taste like black licorice, the candy. It's got, it's got a nice kind of sweet flavor. So with herbs, we can take them in a few different forms. Sometimes we take them in a capsule form. Sometimes we make a tea, like a, a dried herbal tea that you just add water to. Sometimes I'll also recommend liquid extracts of herbs, and these are called tinctures. And what I love about tinctures is uh, I can pick and choose different herbs that are specific to you as an individual and combine them all into one bottle. And then you would just dose that two or three times a day, depending on the symptoms. Is it a capsule or it's a that one's a liquid. It's yeah, a liquid. so it's in a oh, okay. little bottle, and you would take some droppers out of it and actually drop it into a little teeny glass of water and just drink that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Yeah. And for you, Heather, have you ever seen a naturopathic doctor? Yes, actually. Um, I ended up seeing one towards the end of my pregnancy um, because I was dealing with high blood pressure and um, we were trying to avoid preeclampsia. And so I did see a naturopathic doctor to see if we could kind of potentially even stop that whole process. And um, I do believe that I was able to get help with slowing that whole process down and with different natural remedies and things like that. So yeah, I found it really beneficial. I personally never did. I I had a pretty straightforward pregnancy and all my life, I think my, oh, my hormone's been quite, I think balanced. I always had a high energy and go, go, go type of person. I have lots of fun. I started actually when I ended up going to uh, a fertility clinic, they test everything. And this is when my thyroid came back. I think it was uh, a level of 2.6 and they wanted to have 2.5 and less for possible miscarriage. So for the first time, I was basically told that I would have to do something about it, right? So uh, I was actually very surprised. All what I could see was the prescription on the desk and I couldn't think about <laughs> anything else because I never took medication in my life, right? But uh, I didn't realize how actually important it is. I do have a friend that was trying to get pregnant for over a year and got 
test it and find out a thyroid problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, once everything was regulated, she got pregnant almost right away. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Our thyroid hormone is so critical for fertility and growing babies. So our thyroid hormone is responsible for all of our metabolism and growth in the body. So if you can imagine how much energy uh, it takes to grow a baby, of course, our thyroid pr- hormone is so important for that. So absolutely. Anytime that I see a woman who wants to get pregnant or is struggling with getting pregnant, I always, always, always look at thyroid function. Yeah, I think it's a big one. Any other specific areas that if someone is trying to get pregnant and it's not happening, like other than the thyroid and you look at any other specific ones? Yeah, so the functional hormone testing that we discussed is a great place to look. So in women, I will run, uh, typically I I like to do the the urine panel to look at all the hormones and the metabolites because it's so comprehensive. It looks at cortisol, it looks at estrogens and progesterone, uh, as well as thyroid hormone metabolites. So it's just so comprehensive and we we can get a better understanding of what might be some contributing factors to the problem. And of course, for male partners, we want to do a sperm analysis. And, you know, always, of course, we want to look at the the other partner and see whether a factor there is contributing to the difficulties getting pregnant. Yeah, I think that's important, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, Kathleen, how can our listeners find you or learn more about hormone testing and treatment? So, uh, listeners can certainly find me on my website, which is drkathleenmahana.com. They can also find me through the parenttalk.ca website. Uh, I'll be putting out some articles on that blog there. Um, I'll also, I also have my own blog on my website, so listeners can certainly sign up for that to uh, receive articles about hormones, hormone balancing, natural hormone treatments, as well as hormone testing. Well, thank you, ladies, for being here. I think it's time for a conversation card. Heather, can you pick Fantastic. one and read it to us? Yeah, thank you. Okie dokie, everybody. So, what are the best ways for parents to show their children they love them? Uh, yeah, so I don't have kids yet, but, you know, thinking back to when I was a kid, I, one thing that meant a lot to me was having my parents there at my sporting events. I was a little athlete growing up and I played all sorts of different sports and, you know, out on the soccer field, turning and seeing my parents there. And later on when I was in college and university playing varsity volleyball, it meant a lot to have my parents there watching me. Nice. I would definitely kind of go with that same theme. The gift of time. I think really shows, especially in such a busy world, put your phone down, you know, put the computer away and turn the TV off and just kind of really be present with your child. And I think that's really one of the best ways to show their love. Yeah, I think with Alex, the same thing when I start playing like hide and seek with him because now he does the peekaboo game yeah. and, and, and then I catch him and I go and like... Tickle his neck. He just laughs so like yeah. so much, and it's such a great moment. And I know he's really yeah. happy, right? And then you're yeah. trying to do things, and they just uh, 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 they're just yeah. like this on you. You know, like they don't yeah. what they want. It's they actually time. your time yeah. and, and your affection and mm-hmm. your attention, right? Yeah. On another side, for my mom and dad, uh, I always enjoyed uh, them taking the time to visit me in Vancouver because it's it's a you have to buy a flight. It's expensive. Uh, yeah. I choose to live away from my family. And uh, my mom cooks for me. When my dad's um, come, my, my my father comes with um, his wife. She cooks too. I love people cooking for me, especially <laughs> being a new mom. If you have mm-hmm. someone cooking for you, this is definitely a lot of love. I feel yes. love. Yes. All right, ladies. This is 
beautiful today. I love this podcast. Um, so I want to say thank you, Kathleen, and thank you, Heather, for being here. Uh, thank you for your contribution into other parents' life. For our listeners, the conversation continues on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podbean. And you can subscribe to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca so you don't miss an episode of Parent Talk. Don't forget to review us. Remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents and sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for listening and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.